0: Circled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Powerful, powerful stuff. So we'll break that down a little bit. We get to hear from Ashley, and you, you can, can just the hold the phone. You don't have to Just hold it. So I've uh, asked people to come forward and share a well, little five minutes on faith and something that God is doing in their hearts and their lives. Um, and so um, the last week of faith and people sharing will be Ashley.
1: And Okay, so as I was thinking about this, I remembered that... um, So a year ago... uh, Yeah, somewhere around a year ago, I was able to go part-time at my job and go down to just a couple days a week. And I remember just, like, committing to the Lord that, you know, you're giving me more time, Lord. Like, I'm going to spend more time with you. And so when Noah would go down for his naps, like, I would just make sure and do my devotion right away. And I just was like journaling and I had asked the Lord like can you just help me grow my faith like I just want more faith and so soon after I got a trial (laughs) a really tough trial and I'm still in it but um I remember like just being like all right Lord like it's me and you like I need you Lord come come you know get right here like as I like to say, like, I got to get on my God game. Like, I'm going to spend all my time with you. And, like, I'm just not going to cease praying, Lord. Like, please get me out of this one. I know you're a merciful God. I know you're gracious. Like, please use your mercy and grace on me this time. Like, just get me out of this, please. And, you know, six months go by and I'm still like, get me out of this, please. <laughs> like. And it was terrible. It was a, a terrible, and I'm still in it. But I remember, like, six months in having this like shift in my heart like oh gosh I I'm thankful for this and I remember just sitting at our little desk and Noah was sleeping and it was so quiet and I was like I don't even think I can see this in writing like I I don't even want to say thank you this was so hard it's been such a long six months and and so um I remember like whispering at first like (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for this trial. And, like, okay, I heard it. It's real now. And I, I can't believe I just said that, but okay. And then I continued journaling and, and just thanking the Lord. And and then I remember, like, Josh coming home that night, and I was just telling him, like, oh, my gosh, you'll never believe it. But I told the Lord, thank you for this trial. And, you know, and he's like, wow, good. You know, whatever. I'm like, oh. <laughs> And so um, so slowly, you know, like the peace is setting in, the weight's coming off my shoulders. I'm not, you know, like dreading life as much anymore. And, um, and then like fast forward a couple months on my way to work, I heard this message from Chuck Smith. And he said, um, I don't know if you guys heard him tell this story before on faith. And he had said like if a, a stranger on the street asked you to borrow money you're probably not gonna give it to him. Even if he says, you know, okay, I promise I'll come back tomorrow, same place, same time, and I'll bring you this $50. You're probably not gonna let him borrow the money because you don't know this guy. You just met him. Like, what are the odds that he's gonna bring this money back to you tomorrow, same place, same time? But if your sister asked you for the $50 and she was like, listen, I just need this till Friday. When I get paid on Friday, you know, I'll bring, I'll pay you back, I promise. And you're probably gonna be more likely to lend the money to your sister because you know her you've known her all your life, you know she has a job, you trust her, right, because you have a relationship with her, and he was just relating that back to the Lord, and your faith in the Lord, and, you know, if you want more faith, grow your relationship with the Lord, get to know him, spend time with him, and your trust will grow, and so, you know, then, like, Johnny asked me to do this, and these are not things I enjoy doing, and, um, (laughs) I was just putting all the pieces together. Like, oh my gosh, I f- totally forgot that a year ago I asked the Lord to help me grow my faith, and then he gave me a trial, and then he like, you know, drew me nearer to him, and then, you know, all of a sudden it chipped away at me a little bit and I have a little bit more faith now. So, I would say over the last year, yeah, that's what the Lord's doing with me mm-hmm. with my faith.
0: So I used to teach a Bible study at my house and um, April, Ashley's sister, would come with uh, one of my students that I taught, uh, her husband now, Aaron Serrano, and they would come to the Bible study faithfully when I was college and career pastor. And uh, I remember Ashley told April that she could come, but she doesn't want to be called on. She never ever wants anybody... (laughs) to ever be looking at her, to have to share in public. So as long as that doesn't happen, then she will be okay and she'll come. And she's just the shyest, most quietest thing in the world. And God is definitely growing her faith. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. Amen. All right. So we read in verse 30, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Um, I'm not going to be able to share as much as I'd like on all of these. It's so good. But imagine just with me that game plan. General Joshua goes to God and says, all right, God, we're ready. How are we going to get the victory in this biggest of, you know, obstacles in front of us? We're going to take Jericho. We're going to take the biggest one first And you're going to walk around a city not saying a word for six days and march. And and it was just all wrong. It goes against everything Jewish. It goes everything against Torah. It goes everything against God's You're going to have the Ark of the Covenant leading. You're not supposed to do that. The priests are going to go in front. You're not supposed to do that. You know, it's just you're not going to say a word. And you're going to go around six days. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times. And at the last one, you're going to scream and shout. And God's going to give you the victory. And imagine trying to sell that to somebody. But God's ways are not our ways. His ways are beyond us finding out. And when he grows our faith, he wants us to see that it's not business as usual a lot of times. And it's not going to necessarily make sense in our head And we are going to maybe squirm and we are going to push away and we are going to push back and we are going to wonder like, God, are you sure you know what you're doing? And we we have these prayers and these conversations with God that, Lord, I don't know, um, did you forget me? Did you, uh, are you sleeping? Are you, maybe your focus is Afghanistan. I mean, because I know it's rough there and, and North Korea and just everything that's going on, but God, little old me and God has this amazing ability to be so concerned with the small details of our very lives and he knows exactly what we need in each given moment to grow our faith and to help us to look to him and what is ultimately what are we what are we moving towards in faith but trust in god and the ability to endure endurance the ability to stick with it come hell come high water to be able to just hang on, even if it's just the hem of his garment, but he wants us to endure and to hang on. And so that's just a neat little thing or big thing that I see with Jericho. But if you look, if you look by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. So at Jericho, the people of Israel had daring faith. There was no turning back, having already crossed the River Jordan at flood stage, which cut off any line of retreat. They, they, they put themselves in a, we have to move forward. We have nowhere else to go. That's called daring faith. After they were encircled for seven days at Jericho, the people of Israel had an obedient faith. They did not really understand what God was doing, yet they obeyed nonetheless. And that's what God is calling us to at every turn, at every place we find ourselves, just obey, just obey. Just obey what I'm telling you. Here's something interesting that I learned as I was studying and and just all of the studying and looking at Hebrews 13. They weren't, God never asked him to dive over the Grand Canyon. Never to, to jump into blackness and darkness. All he asked them to do was obey his revealed word to them. Every single example of faith. Abraham, leave your place, leave your city and go to where I'm telling you. And God commends him for his faith. Was it perfect faith? No. But he obeyed. And and it might seem like he dragged it out. He went with his dad, waited until his dad died. Then he went, right? But God commends him for his faith. And so God is doing the same thing with us. Um, After they were encircled for seven days at Jericho, the people of Israel had patient faith. The walls did not fall down the first di- uh, six days, yet the Israelites kept marching as God commanded. There's a patience that God is building within us. There's a waiting that God calls us to. And it's interesting. I mean, we will kick and scream. We will do the. I just picture myself throwing tantrum on a supermarket floor and God's like, you done? <laughs> you, you done? Like that's gonna, yeah, you're <laughs> twisting my arm right now on this one, Johnny. No, you done? Get up. I'm I'm calling you to wait. I'm calling you to wait on this. And I think I'm going to arm wrestle God and somehow win at times. And God's like, yeah, that's not going to work. And then finally, for seven days at Jericho, the people of Israel had anticipating faith. They knew God would act on the seventh day when they shouted. That's anticipating. You know God's going to break through. You know that God's going to do something when you have faith. You trust that Lord, man, the darker it is, when I see dark, or when I see trial, or when I see struggle, I'm like, Lord, what are you going to do on this one? What are you, ooh, it's going to be good, yes, because I'm going through it, or something, right? I mean, the longer you wait, and the the harder it is, and the bigger the struggle, it's almost like, boy, when God shows up on this one, it's going to be awesome. Moving on, the faith of Rahab by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Rahab is awesome. And I think we call her a harlot. The word in the Hebrew is innkeeper. It it, it could be translated innkeeper. She She could be one of the most faithful, blessed, awesome innkeepers and we know her as a harlot and she may have been that, a madam as well, right? But the word can be either. So I think when we get to heaven, we got to seek out Rahab and be like, what were you? <laughs> By faith, Rahab, uh, the, uh, the harlot did not perish. She had faith for her whole family and she believed in the God, that that historical God of the nation of Israel that delivered the Israelites from Egypt and his reputation was known But yet, she was the only one in that community to be able to say, I know you guys can save me because of your God. And so I'll do whatever I need to do, but I want to be saved. And I want my family saved. She had enough faith to save her entire family. And the word comes back, all right, whoever's in your house, hang this scarlet cord out your window. Whoever's not in there, that's on them. And she is in the hall of faith She's in the lineage, the the right, the genealogy of Jesus. Three, is it three women? Is it four? Rahab, Bathsheba, Ruth, and Tamar. Okay. So just an awesome, awesome picture. Um, Clement of Rome, the earliest Christian writer outside the Bible, was the first to see the symbol of blood, the blood of Jesus in the scarlet cord that Rahab set outside her window. Just an awesome, awesome thing that he was able to see. Whoa, there's this scarlet scarlet thread that just runs throughout the Old Testament that points to the Messiah, pointing to the blood of Jesus. Awesome. All right. Uh, Other heroes of faith, verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, also David and Samuel and the prophets, So this is the first time that it breaks with the order in the Bible because David is mentioned uh, before Samuel. Samuel came first. But nonetheless, um, we don't know why the Holy Spirit chose to do that. Everyone else is in order. Uh, Gideon is just one of my favorites because God has taught me through Gideon that multitudes and numbers are not really God's only way to get victory. And so I struggle with the temptation of wondering if I'm doing the right thing, if I'm in the right place. You know, I looked at uh, I, I looked at church on on Sunday, and I don't know. It looked like about twelve of us were there, and I think, oh, Lord, we're, whoa, what's going on? Am I is it me, Lord? Am I doing something wrong? And I just I just struggle with that. But Gideon, he went from what they went from. Twelve thousand against one hundred twenty-five thousand, and God looks and He says, "Yeah, get in. We got a number problem." Gideon's like, "Yeah, you better believe we got a number problem. We're outnumbered right now, four to one. Yeah, they got four as many as we." And God's like, "No, no, no. We got a number problem the other way. There's too many, and and I don't want you to think for a moment that it's a numbers game. I don't want you to think for a moment that I do things only through big things." Because you're going to want to take glory. You're, you're going to think that it had something to do with you. I can save with one. So I, I want to dwindle the numbers down. And what, what was the recipe? Whoever's afraid or fearful out of the 32,000, why won't you just tell them to go home? Whoever's afraid. You don't even have to qualify it. Hey, anybody scared, not want to go to battle? Uh, heck yes, we are. Right? 20,000 out of the 32,000 and they leave. And then God looks and He's like, whoa, we still got a problem. There's still too many. And imagine Gideon. There's still, there's still too many. Now we're outnumbered, what, 12? Uh, what is it? 12.5 to 1? <laughs> For every one we have, they have 12 and a half. <laughs> what do you mean? We went from 40 to 1 to 12 and a half to 1? That's, yeah. Mm. All right, have them go to the, to the, to the river to the, and, and just have them drink water and see how they drink water and some of them stick their head in the water and they drink water and other ones for whatever reason they get on a knee and they bring water up to their up to their mouth and God says yeah yeah with those with those and i don't think it was because i don't know i've heard so many messages on well the reason he picked them because they were vigilant they were watching as and no i think the opposite is true he wanted the the worse he wanted the like the smaller number and he put 300 300 people to go after so they were outnumbered 42 to one for every one of God's kids there were 42 of the enemy and God pretty much handled it right and so it's just an awesome story but he boldly destroyed idols and was mightily used of God to defeat a much larger army of the Midianites that's found in Judges 6 and 7 yet he was also a man who doubted God's word to him at first and repeatedly asked for confirmation remember his fleece Over and over. And it was more than just a blanket that was wet and then, okay, do all around the blanket, but now the blanket's dry. It was way more than that. If you read those chapters, you see he needed confirmation over and over. So again, was his faith perfect? And I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves thinking that we have to walk in perfect faith to make the hall of faith. Barak, he led the people of Israel in a dramatic victory over the Canaanites, Judges chapter 4. Yet he hesitated and went forward only when Deborah encouraged him. And she said, God's going to bring the victory. He's going to give the victory. So you might as well, come on. Okay, I'll only go if you go with me. So barak probably wearing a skirt when we get to heaven. We'll see. No, he probably won't be wearing a skirt. But <laughs> but nonetheless, he definitely struggled with moving forward on his own. Samson, is he the perfect picture of faith he was used mightily in the lord to defeat the philistines yet he never lived up to his potential and had a tragic ending in his life after being enticed by delilah delilah judges 13 through 16 in the judges is where we read about samson and so again we see this incredible use of a person by god's standard but the person's not all that impressive the potential phenomenal right he man with a she problem obedience is short-lived god commends it as faith (laughs) moving on jephthah he was used by god to defeat the ammonites yet jephthah made a foolish vow and stubbornly kept him remember that first thing i see coming out of my house i'm going to sacrifice it to the lord it's his daughter what were you thinking bro well i thought a chicken was going to come out of my house i don't know David, the great king of Israel, was a remarkable man of faith, yet he also failed with Bathsheba and with his own children. And so in this group of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, each one of these were men of faith, yet had notable areas areas of failure in their life. Still Hebrews 11 commends their faith and lists them in the hall of faith. This shows that weak faith is better than unbelief, and you don't have to be perfect to make it into God's hall of faith. And I think that's, again, important for us because we have a tendency to look at our failure and magnify it. We have a tendency to look at our weaknesses and blow it up. And it's the accuser of the brethren in the ear, of course. It's you know, always happy to point out where we messed up and how we didn't trust and where we went bad, but God commends the faith. He commends the trust. And if they can make the hall of faith as imperfect as they were, that should be an encouragement for us. Verses 33 through 35, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of of aliens. Women received their dead back to life or raised to life again. And I can give you examples for all of those, but I just think Again, just the example of all of those unnamed. God knows their name. God knows their moments of victory. And I can go over and over all of those. But I want to get to this last little section because it just blows me away. Um, Starting at the end of 35, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mocking and scourgings. Yes, uh, and of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn and chewed. They were tempted were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. I think that's an important group right there because they died in faith, not having received the victory in this life, but not sad on the other side of life like when they came into God's presence, that was worth it. That was the prize. That's what they were living for. That's what they, the goal was and the objective, that it wasn't this life. It wasn't all of their eggs in that basket of this world. It was the other world. It was the promises that God had given through the scriptures and all of that. And so I think that's definitely something for us to be mindful of i I love the times that we're living in because they're getting darker and the light shines in the midst of the darkness and the poser the pretender the religious person they're going to take their rightful place if if it's going to cost them something they're going to be like peace deuces i'm out i don't want anybody i don't even believe it that much bye-bye bye-bye but the true Christian is going to rise up and hold true to, I'm not living for this world. This is what I was made for. This is my destiny. This is what it's all about. My Jesus who laid it all out for me. And so I think that's an awesome little section. The last section is 39 and 40. And all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. I'm going to end here, but this is probably my favorite part in the whole book of Hebrews 11. Because as I look at a group of individuals who had a piece of the puzzle at best, they they had a... A stroke of the pen. We have the whole picture. We see it clearly, as clear as the nose on your face is. And yet they lived and walked out their faith. We have zero excuse rationale. We have the whole thing, guys. On purpose today, I heard two messages out of the Gospel of Mark. Because I I wanted to get back to see how Jesus does it again. How how did he respond? How did he act with the people? What did he do? Oh yeah, remind me, Lord, remind me. I got the whole picture. I got four gospels to be able to look at. I got four of these beautiful pictures of what Jesus did. They're looking to a shadow. They're looking to types. They're looking to symbols. And they walked by faith. We don't have symbols. We have the real thing. We have the full picture. We're able to see it and it's full. September 11th, 2001. I look at the depth of what these people that believe a lie, the, 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 the depth of what their belief caused them to do. And, and unfortunately, they put the average Christian to shame. They believe a lie. And they were willing to give their lives for their family. And for their eternity, a lie. We have the truth, and we wince at the smallest of things. We we shy away at the, at the first sign of trouble. Really, like, is this the world we're living for? Is this the the basket that our eggs are placed in? This temporal world. I love what I don't know. I think it's uh, Walter Martin first said it. Are you willing to do for the lie what the cults are willing to do for the truth? Or are you willing to do for the truth what the cults are willing to do for a lie? Look at what they're doing for a lie. And and, and we're scared to get out of bed some mornings. And so as I look at this hall of faith and these individuals from the Old Testament, notice he said God having provided something better for who? Us. What's better? (laughs) everything we got jesus we got the new covenant how did they relate to god one man once a year got to go in in trepidation and provide a blood sacrifice and hopefully hopefully it stuck hopefully it took right all shadows and all pictures and we have the substance we don't have to wonder i heard the 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 message mark chapter 2 on the paralytic handed down in the roof and jesus healed everybody it said and and you look at that and you look at this man and then Jesus tells him what? Your sins are forgiven. The first thing out of Jesus Son. Son. He calls him a son. Your sins are forgiven. And everyone's like, Sins are forgiven. Bro, we, we gave him to you to heal him. He's got like a you know, he's a paralytic. He's laid out on a cot. We had to break a piece of the roof, and and, and everyone everyone, everyone but Jesus and that man were probably bummed out that Jesus started with sons, your, your sins. But that man knew, my sins? My sins are forgiven? And, and of course, the religious leaders, uh, oh, 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 time out, who can forgive sin, sins but God? And, and Jesus, which is easier? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk? But so that you can see the Son of Man has power to forgive, I say, take up your bed and walk. And he heals them of his paralysis. But he healed him of the greater need first, and then again, I just I look at how Jesus did what he did, and guys, we have we have the we have the like we don't have to wonder. Do we even care? Do we study? Do we see it so that we can know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yesterday, today, and forever, right? Yes. He still wants to do things like that in people's lives. Well, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. Study Jesus. Well, I'm not sure how God would... study Jesus. Study the Gospels. See how he did it. And then be bold enough to step forward and walk by faith in the things that God wants to do through you in this time and space continuum before you go to eternity and you'll never be sorry on the other side of eternity. Anybody else? Story on faith? Oh um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of an old one, but um, when God was
2: calling me to go to School Evangelism, um, I wasn't working, and uh, and I was kind of broke. So, but I knew he was calling me to go to school. So the issue was, um, how do I get a job without a place to stay? And how do I get a place to stay without a job? <laughs> so I'm like, well, God, you're going to have to, you want me to go. You going have to get me there. So maybe like three weeks before the semester was getting ready to start. Uh, I, I mean, prior to that, I just felt the Lord... Tell me, start packing. And I think it was new territory, because I've known the Lord for a very long time, but I don't think I've ever really knew what, or understood what calling looked like, or trusting in him and being led by the Lord looked like. So, um, so we're just getting close to starting, and, uh, I'm like, I'm having troubles. So, um, um, I, just in faith, was applying for jobs in San Diego, not knowing where or anything about San Diego, what it looked like or where things were. Um, I got a call saying, hey, come down for an interview. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to drive all the way down to San Diego uh, uh, and not get a job. Like, it, that's waste the time. And I really felt like he was, prior to that, I got a scripture saying, um, "Was they immediately dropped their nets and followed. So I'm like, okay. So I dropped everything, ran, drove all the way to Chula Vista for a job. And prior to that, uh, the issue of finding a place to live, I got a call uh, from one of the people, and they're like, hey, you know, the rent's really good. You should go check it out. I called the person, and she was like, well, yeah, the rent's good. She was like, well, as long as you go to school, you don't have to worry about rent. So uh, that was, Laura's like, okay, one thing out of the way. Then I got the call to go down for an interview. And, um, you know, I'm there, and they're like, we need somebody to work days, I can only really work nights, that's not a problem. We need somebody full time, I can work part time, that's not a problem. So <laughs> wow. uh, I'm like, oh wow, this is crazy. Um not knowing anything, uh, then I was like, Well, Lord, I really don't know this city, I don't know San Diego. Um, it would really be nice if wherever I live would be very close. So I called the person, I was like, Hey, I'm in I'm in the area, can I check out the apartment? She said, Absolutely, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm on, I'm on like E Street. She's like, oh, I think you're really close. And literally, I was not even seeing the apartment. I was only four lights down <laughs> away from the new job that I just had gotten. Wow. And the place I was going to stay rent free for the for the semester. So the Lord just really, <laughs> um, in that whole aspect of be called to San Diego, it was definitely like um, huge steps of. I wasn't hear you so faith but just trusting in the Lord that He's gonna do what He's gonna do. But yeah, that was that was new territory for me and I could have done it better than you know, him planning
0: it. So Amen. God's good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the faith that you develop within us and uh, father sometimes we're in places where we don't understand exactly why and what, but we know that you are the God of our circumstances. We know that you see the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. And Lord, we thank you for that. And so continue to grow us in our faith. Continue to have your way in our hearts and in our lives. And Lord, we give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for the mighty things that you do in this world. And uh, just thank you so much for your faithfulness. And Lord, it's to you that we look to. It's to you that we... want to bring glory. It's to you that we are just so thankful and grateful for your awesome hand in our lives. And we know that you are going to continue. We know that you are going to just continue to do that work. And so thank you so much for that, Father. We lift up Richard and knock. We hold them up to you and place them at your feet, Lord. We pray your comforting hand upon them. We pray you give them strength to continue on. We pray that the peace that surpasses would come into their hearts and into their minds, and Lord, that they would feel your presence, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love them, that this is not punishment, Lord. You were punished on our behalf, and so we thank you for that. I just pray that you would just bless them at this time, and just we thank you so much for them. Continue to have your way in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, as we look to you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.